All right, everybody. Welcome to Movie Marathon with Mike and Murph. We are here continuing our this is our final Die Hard on an Airplane uh, installment of our Die Hard on a Blank podcast run. <laughs> um, we are here to talk about the 1992 classic, uh, and it is a classic, Passenger 57 starring Wesley Snipes. Hello, Mike. Hello, Murph. <laughs> If you were to play on a scale Ru- of one to fifty-seven, how excited are you? Uh fifty-eight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I uh, I I'm actually pretty excited. I think this is one of my one of my more favorite movies of this run. Um, I think we were just talking about it. It's our challenge will be that this is an eighty-minute movie. I think, and we're going to be challenged to make a podcast less than eighty <laughs> minutes about the. Oh, it's going to be longer than eighty minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, if we gave two hours to the Rock on. Um, skyscraper i think we can give wesley snipes a good two hours yeah oh he deserves it john cutter john cutter are you talking about john head cutter of, head of security <laughs> head of security for indistinguishable airlines i think uh i think if anything happens to john, <laughs> john cutter yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no getting technical difficulties oh yeah the fbi fbi loves that guy <laughs> oh i think i Oh man, way too I, early for these technical difficulties. I know. Sorry. All right. I I, I would aspire to professional. <laughs> we we got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> too excited. The internet couldn't handle our excitement of our faster fifty seven. My um, bandwidth is based on excitement in my house. <laughs> okay. And the higher it goes, the worse it gets. Is yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's, you know, it's science. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. I I think most people should aspire to having a professional reputation that exceeds that of John Cutter, where everybody knows him. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to not have sex with him. <laughs> uh, or be his friend or immediately hire him for a job that was what this movie establishes is yeah he's basically like the polar opposite of john mcclane in that like, yes has a good job has a functional life has, has a good job and people want him for a better job yes like, <laughs> he's also the he's also the um the personality adjacent or opposite of uh, maybe even casey ryback is successful. Yeah. People yeah. want to want to hire him because he is successful. People are aware <laughs> yes. of how successful he is. He is charismatic. <laughs> it's like all the things that are. He's the anti Casey like, like multiple women immediately meet him and want to fuck him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, don't get do. me wrong. It's Wesley Snipes in 1992. Like that guy, I'm sure was getting laid like crazy. Who do you think was doing better, better uh, uh, playing the field? Uh, Willie Mays Hayes or John Cutter? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it depends. Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, I'm gonna post, do. I'm gonna do becoming post a baseball player. Or yeah, yeah like, I'm gonna do post winning the pennant. Uh, Willie Mays Hayes is doing pretty. Well. Willie, yeah, Willie Mays Hayes bet- between uh, Major League One and Major League Two, where he's becoming an action star. <laughs> like, I bet that guy was getting laid nonstop. Yeah, I bet it's him and Doran going to the bar every night after uh, after the games. <laughs> him and Roger Doran. Just, Man, just no idea. Game. Turned into a Major League podcast. It is, and I didn't even mean for it to. And it's uh, yeah. Here we are. Here we All are. Right, so, we're 1992, Wesley Snipes. Yes. <laughs> he is looking fantastic. He is. Athletic, fit, wearing some big-ass baggy jeans for a good <laughs> chunk of the movie. <laughs> how, how many miles per hour slower do you think he kicks because of those jeans? <laughs> 20? Conservatively. They are huge. <laughs> I was going to say, conservatively, he loses three miles per hour in his roundhouse kicks because of those jeans. <laughs> so the amount of fabric he has to move. 
<laughs> which and it is not a criticism of him or the movie that that no, was that's literally 1992 america was like like i was there i i, I owned pants <laughs> I Just think this like is, that. these are the precursors to Jinkos, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He also looks All like right, he's so wearing his, his dad's motorcycle jacket throughout most of this. <laughs> All right, but it's 1992. It's a big year for Wesley Snipes. Headlining Passenger 57, you know, die hardish action movie. Also, White Men Can't Jump. I, yeah, I've never seen it, but that's a huge. It's like oh my a, god, you haven't! I know seen that? It, it's a like a landmark. It's fantastic movie from, from Spike Lee. I know yeah. I, I haven't it's, seen it yet. It's the it's the first rated R movie I ever saw. Really, which means, okay. um, I get it means there's a good chance. I mean, I, I guess other than when I was like a baby, <laughs> like the first breasts I saw were Rosie Perez's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rosie Perez. I uh, I gotta give you credit because I <laughs> that, that's what I said. Not, I could not remember that if if somebody asked me. Uh, oh, I remember it distinctly, <laughs> and I came back to it often. <laughs> no, actually, the awkward part was it was the first rated R movie I saw, and I watched it with my parents when I was like nine. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst. Was uh, watching. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's way worse for them because as a nine year old, it was just like vaguely confusing and kind of interesting. I imagine as like a parent, you're like, oh, we did we fuck up here? Yeah. Do you think your parents watched it with you because they're like, oh, this is gonna be a nice movie because it's about basketball? <laughs> I, I think they were like, all right, like my my sister probably would have been if I was nine, she was just a grade older than me, but often two years older. She's she was probably like eleven, mm-hmm. and they were probably like at a point of, man, it'd be so awesome if we could watch movies with the kids that we want to watch. Yeah, it's true. That's true. And so probably like, you know what? It's about basketball. Like, ah, it's good. <laughs> Let's yeah. roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. Lots of technical problems on that. But I think the gist of it is your parents basically said, hey, I'm really tired. I'm really tired of having to uh, uh, censor this shit. We're just going to watch what we want to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it's, a, it's like a big moment when you can just like put on movies you want to watch with your kids. <laughs> So next time I see your sister, can I ask her if the first time she saw Celebrity Nudity was also Rosie Perez? <laughs> Absolutely. God, that'd be weird. Um, I, I, I'm guessing it did not stick out to her as much as it did to me. No, uh, probably not, especially at that age. Probably not. But uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, well, yeah. No, I mean, to your point, Wesley Snipes is uh, really like kind of starting to come into his career at this point. I, I think I remember uh, Passenger Fifty Seven always to me felt like a, the movie where he was sort of announced as an action star. Um, you know, he, he, yeah. he just had, I, I, I don't know what it was, but there was just something about where it was kind of like, you just sort of knew, like they knew it was going to be kind of a summer blockbuster type movie. And it was going to have, well, to, and to me, the big thing was it's 92. It's the same year as under siege. And you have Seagal who they're shooting around trying yeah. like to make this movie work. And then you have Passenger 57 where like Snipes is carrying the movie and it's like, yeah. okay, this is this guy, like this guy is a movie star. And I, I think maybe, maybe knew that already about him. I mean, he had a leading up to this had some biggie, but it's just like, yeah, like this isn't Steven Seagal. This is a real, like this guy can carry stuff. 
No, and he can actually do action sequences. I think that was again we we talked about it. You know how slow Seagal looks to your to your point, yeah. and 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 them having to clearly cut around like just a a thirty nine year old that's out of shape that's trying. <laughs> they're they're trying to you know put up there as the most masculine guy you could have. So I also think that uh, Snipes did did a better variety of movies than than Seagal, especially around this time because he was in he's in King of New York, which he's pretty good in that. Um, I just remember being really super sad that he gets killed because I think he has a wife and kids and that. And then he, I have not seen it, but I've heard good things. So he plays Nino Brown in, in New Jack City in 91. So, yep. So, and does a Jungle Fever 91. Jungle Fever. Yep. As well. Um, so, yeah. And yeah, has a nice lead up. 89 is Major League. And then like 90, 91 has a nice lead up to kind of be in like a star in 92. And this, I, like I said, as a kid, I remember this being like the, okay when they did ads for it, it was like, okay, this is Snipes moment. Like he's, he's arrived. Um, and it's, you know, this is going to be kind of his, his big action vehicle. And it was, I mean, even after this, it launched him and then he does demolition man the next year, which is, uh, probably not the biggest blockbuster he did, but it's kind of up there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's with Stallone and it's yeah, it's, and then, uh, he also played Simon Phoenix in the demolition man video game. <laughs> which i think was fantastic but it is weird though because after that it does feel like he kind of has this weird tipping point where he does good stuff but then all of a sudden his, you know i think i think the action genre is slowing down on the whole yeah, and and he tries to shift a bit into maybe some more closer to a thriller kind of stuff but it, it's like we've talked about so much on this podcast at this moment all of a sudden like the action genre dries up a bit and all of these guys are kind of fumbling for what's the next like point in their career and really i'd say he's kind of around that until he hits like blade that was actually i just looked at that it surprised me so blades 98 i didn't realize these were six years apart i to me always in my head it's always like okay his career is like this demolition man and then like by like 95 or 96 he's doing blade blade actually comes a lot later and i actually think blades blades pretty damn good it was one of those yeah, for that time period, probably one of the best Marvel movies that was out um, in the '90s and early 2000s in terms of just being a fun, interesting movie. Yeah, um, it's been talked about a lot too, but but like how important Blade was in establishing superhero movies as like to lay the table for like what came of Marvel. Like if yeah, that it's like okay, like we can treat these seriously. And there's an audience for it, and it yeah, you can do an R-rated, works. you can do an R-rated superhero movie, and, and you can still get an audience for it, and still still pull in box office money. So, I, I, which I'm glad. I uh, I remember reading, <laughs> I remember being on a family vacation. This is super nerdy, and reading an issue of Wizard magazine, and uh, <laughs> there was somebody who was on set when they were filming that rave scene at the beginning, and they were trying to like describe it in an article. And I'm like, oh, this movie's gonna be fucking awesome, and. Sure enough, uh, it was fucking awesome, and and it was. <laughs> and then Blade, Blade two and three, maybe not so much, but uh, mm-hmm. but Blade one, I think, was kind of a landmark, a landmark movie for for Marvel. Um, to your point, so, and I think here, when you watch this movie, I think Snipes is kind of the reason this movie works. Um, I think if you had, I think you even said it, if you put Seagal in this role, like this movie, would be awful. <laughs> it would just not be good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it'd be he obviously wouldn't be able to like carry the stuff. You just laugh at times because yeah. you know he can't pull off some of this stuff. And then the 
but you're waiting for like the action fight sequences and snipes lands. Keto hand movement stuff that like, yeah, I don't know. and like, I'm sure I would still have fun with it as a Seagal movie, but I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it would have stood up as, as well as picks it up as a notch. Movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think Snipes actually being probably younger and actually more capable uh, fighter. Yeah, because he was much more about 29. He was probably was like 29, 30 when it is, and you can see the difference. In which I, I will be someone who's 39 years old. I will attest like that is a big difference. I, I think the big difference is just uh, Snipes actually took care of himself physically, <laughs> whereas like <laughs> Seagal has this very much this feeling of like, all right, well. I made it, and I don't have to do a damn bit of work after yeah. this. And, to, uh... Snipes, and Snipes does a bunch of like little things in the movie that help you buy everything he does, even if, and I have no, I couldn't really find much how much stunt double work there was in this, but there's a point where he like, he just jumps over a chain link fence. Like, just jumps over it. Like, on his own. Yep. And it's like, holy shit. And it's like a pretty badass move by the character, but it's like, oh, he can do that. So I kind of now believe everything else he does. Yeah, I um I, I it, it, he does have good touches. I th- I think they they can shoot him doing fight sequences and they can shoot it wide so you get a good sense of what his what his physical ability is. And I think that also helps really solidify, you know, that he's 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 capable right and the, and like yeah you believe the action sequences they're showing you which i think is important um i do go back to all of the i think about the um <laughs> the fight sequence at the end of under siege and it's basically just a knife slap fight between yeah. <laughs> tommy lee jones and uh um uh seagal and it, it just it doesn't ever feel as an adult watching it doesn't ever feel um tense or interesting it's just sort of like it do, it just looks yeah. like a slap fight. It looks like like, well, like that movie had bigger had more money behind it, and, it, and so yeah. it they're able to do certain things like lighting and editing and camera work and it, that make that feel big. But it's like oh, those two guys aren't really up to that. So it'd be interesting to see this movie with that kind of budget. Oh, where snipes. Oh, I think I, I that stuff. I, I don't know. I, you know, that's a good point. Justice with it. Um. I, I one of the things you and I both commented on when we were going back and forth about this. This is only what, like you said, eighty minutes. Yeah, the eighty minutes, which I I, I was a fan of. <laughs> I, I I was too. I it was like I could I could kind of knock it out in like a day. Um, you know, and, and work, honestly, it kids. felt like they tacked on fifteen minutes as it was. <laughs> so it did not need yeah, to be longer. <laughs> yeah, there's some plane montages and a lot of helicopter shots of him driving uh, random <laughs> racist <laughs> middle America fair. Uh, middle America no fair. Reason. Yep. Um, there, there's um, Sizemore flying around that helicopter quite a bit. So there is a lot of like filler <laughs> filler shots in this. Um, yeah. I don't think spending more money on this would have made it radically better. I guess that's how I, well, I, I, I kind of see it. I'd be curious to see some of the different script versions because in the research, like this was offered or being developed for or like, like almost every action actor of the time, like Stallone was connected to it. They supposedly offered it to Seagal. Supposedly like Brian Bosworth was connected to it. Oh God. Like, like basically. And so I was like, Oh, there must've been all kinds of different scripts based on, if we get like Stallone, the budget's gonna be like 
30, 40 million dollars and we're going big. If we get Brian Bosworth, the budget's going to be five million and we're like chucking out half the script and <laughs> like do so. It, it seemed like it was there are a uh, wide variety of possibilities. This seemed to land somewhere in the middle, maybe in the middle. It's so I'd be curious if like there's a lot of scenes. Yeah. No, I I think you're. I, I would watch this with Brian Bosworth, I, but I do yeah, think if you do that, tonight. <laughs> um, I think if you do, if you do put Bosworth in this, you're you're going, you're doing a straight to to, to video movie. Exactly. That's why I think it's like oh, it's like a two million or five million budget. I don't know what budgets were for a straight to video <laughs> things in 1992, but uh, uh, not too bad. But yeah, it's you're scaling everything back and like yeah, it's um, so 1992. I guess when was this movie first on your radar? Uh, I remember seeing ads about it a lot, and I, like I said, I, I, I have to check the date that it actually came out. But I remember this being sort of a summer blockbuster, um, and I didn't really know about Snipes up until this came out because I think I was too young at that point to have watched Major League at that point. Yeah. Um, because uh, I mean, when you when you watch it uncut, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty dirty. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I probably watched this the summer it came out. I feel like I may have either rented it or I feel like it was on HBO a ton in the in the early mid nineties. Like it was just you could you could just catch it anytime. It's just one of those movies that just got a lot of airplay. And then I think it came on TNT a lot uh, in the in the in the mid late nineties as well. So, um, like you would get like a Wesley Snipes day on like TNT every now and then. It'd be like this demolition yeah, man yeah. and like uh blade or something like that all in one day. Yeah, so so looking this one came out in November '92, so we both would have been nine. So it, kind of a well, I probably wouldn't quite yet be fully on uh yeah on like a the radar of a nine year old. Um, you you maybe see advertisements and stuff, but you're not like. Probably not getting to the theater to check this one out. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I, I got to see it rated our movie into the theaters until Con Air came out. Yeah, that sounds right for me too. <laughs> um, which is, which is obviously how anybody wants to start their 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 movie career or movie <laughs> uh, fandom is is uh, Con Air. Also, I was trying to look. I was looking at this too. Um, same year that Universal Soldier came out, and that's a Roland Emmerich. Movie. Oh wow. And so I'm thinking it's interesting. It's a big year for kind of the next generation of of action stars. Yeah. Uh cuz that's got Lundgren and that's got JCVD. Then you've got this with Wow, um, that's pretty wild. JCVD, Snipes, Seagal, all have pretty big hits. Yeah, like I, that I guess like, that's like the these... tier 2 guys after Stallone and yeah. uh uh Schwarzenegger. I I, that, I think that doesn't ever quite pay off into no, like I, I, it's kind of yeah it, i think they're, they're they're you're starting to get derivatives of uh of the original sort of like in bruce willis because bruce willis kind of kind of snuck in under the radar at the end of the 80s with uh action or, <laughs> or was it people went and saw like oh i love those kinds of action movies and they went and saw like seagal and van damme and were like yeah you know what no thanks anymore <laughs> I feel like Van Damme had probably the best credibility or best trajectory at this point. Out of all I those, love it, all, but all uh, yeah, I, I know he's uh, yeah, um, he's not Stallone, Willis, or Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah, no, he's he's got the sort of accent of Schwarzenegger without the physique or the charisma. 
yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. He's got he's got some charisma, but not quite this. He doesn't have the Schwarzenegger size to sell to help boost help that sell, charisma sell or his, whatever yeah. it is. Or like, yeah, yeah, there's something there. The, the presence. So, um, so I I first saw this. I think I don't know if I was aware of this movie when it came out in theaters. Um, but I do know I was. So I've talked about. Um, so my best friend and I was growing up and lived in Rhode Island. I'd go with him to the beach sometimes. And we went by like a friend's place and they, their family had rented this and we did, did not get to watch it, but he told us about it. Um, <laughs> and it was basically just, and like, it was just the description of like, Oh, it's, it's Wesley Snipes. Like on a plane fighting terrorists. And at that point, I probably had had seen Major League, so knew had some, but like, and had some like idea of like action movies. I can't quite place where I would have been and what I'd seen, but enough of an idea to be like, "Holy shit, that sounds fucking incredible!" <laughs> but didn't get to watch it. Didn't get to watch it then. And it's probably a little while till I get to watch it. So it's a movie that I really built in my mind of. Oh my god, this is movie out there called Passenger on a Plane. <laughs> and so but it took a while for me to see it. So I remember like finally when I saw it, like um was like I definitely was not disappointed, but was definitely not like over like over the moon. I was like, yeah, oh, it's a movie where Wesley Snipes fights terrorists on a plane. <laughs> it's like it was basically like, yeah, that's the movie I wanted, but I no, you, you, you built, built it up. Yeah. Built in my head this amazing badass movie that like nothing was ever going to be if like yeah <laughs> i think the only movie from this time frame i could think of that ever lived up the hype i heard about on the playground about it was terminator 2 yeah that's what i would guess too it's pretty fucking incredible because because i i i think i remember um when it came out some kids in my class went to go see it their parent or their older brothers wow. took them to go see it okay. which i'm like that's eh, probably not really good because that's 91, right? So you're just the year before this. So eight, that's a little intense for an eight-year-old. Um, yeah. But then yeah. when it came out on pay-per-view, my best friend across oh, the Oh, man, street, pay-per-view movies. Oh, yeah. And so I remember when it came out, like that Saturday it came out on pay-per-view, I went over to his house and like that evening, like me and him and his brother sat and watched all of T2. And it was like the only movie I think I could, you know, in that time frame of, to your point, of like you've built it up in your head as being this crazy big movie. And then you watch, you're like, yep, okay, deliver it <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to like call in to order pay-per-view movies? I'm trying to th- yes. Yeah, you did. Because yeah. this was yeah. before I, so um, I remember any, too any kind at of that time. Internet stuff. You're yeah. right. And so I remember his dad having to call in. And I think we ordered like like Domino's or something like that. And then just sat in the yeah, living yeah, room yeah, and yeah. watched and watched uh yeah. um T2. That sounds pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, if what? I could do it right now, I'd do it right now if I could. Yeah, I say I, I might order Domino's and watch T two sometime soon. <laughs> <It> sounds incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's doing it as an adult in the middle of the day on like a Tuesday is not not as cool. <laughs> that's kind of like oh, that's making a little sad. Yeah, I gotta call my boss in the morning. So I, I can't make it work today. I'm not. I'm just not feeling well. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta watch T two. I gotta eat. A, and I gotta eat a pepperoni pizza. Eat a whole pepperoni pizza from Domino's. So I'm I'm probably gonna be sick the next day too. Cause... Or at least at least I gotta take a huge dump. But I'm not gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I, I I um to your point this this is the most um 
I feel like straightforward. It still kind of delivers after 30 years movie. We probably have, we're going to watch in this, in this run. Well, yeah. And this feels like the most, this doesn't get made without Die Hard. Probably like, not. They're just like, oh, we're going to do Die Hard on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before the executive decision, before, before that's just Air Force One. The whole, re- and they're just like, yeah, everything is, <laughs> that's what we're doing. And we're just going to figure out how to do it no matter what it takes. And, <laughs> And I mean, I, I think it works. Again, I, I was telling you, I'm I'm a little surprised. Um, I just remember this being a big deal as a kid, and uh, um, 66 million at the box office just seemed like it was lower than I would. I, I, it's like half of what I expected this would have done, based on the hype. But I guess if if they're putting this out in November, it makes me wonder if they weren't sure if they they thought they had something or not. Um, because November is not like a I don't know. That's I don't know. Is that's it, a pretty big month for movies because you're leading into the the holidays. I mean, I know Bond holidays have, and have like, been doing doing November since probably around this time frame since Goldeneye came out. I think so. It was it was thirty six at the box office for the year. So, okay. uh, but for rated R, well, I'm looking movie, at like, it, what the budget was. I mean, that's pretty pretty solid. It, yeah, I, I guess Universal Soldier was middle of July 1992. So that's like a big summer blockbuster to me. I guess I, I'm surprised this didn't go. Maybe it's a good thing it didn't go up against that. Um, but it just seems like now, this would have been. Now, Under Siege was 13 of the box office. So it kind of. But it also spent a lot more money on that. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at the domestic, the summer, summer of 92. Batman Returns was number one. Lethal Weapon 3. Those are two pretty tough action movies to be kind of tucked in behind. Patriot Games was number five. Unforgiven, Aliens 3. Ooh, Encino Man. <laughs> uh, Basic Instinct, Universal Soldier. Ooh, man. That's a, okay. For summer, that's a pretty tough. That's a pretty tough one. Probably didn't help it. Well, with it, with it didn't help. So you know what? Pride didn't help uh, its box office. So a week after it came out, um, Aladdin comes out, which is the number one movie of the year. A week Uh-oh. after that, Home Alone two comes out, and not. I mean, those are more kid oriented, family oriented movies. But the two biggest hits of the year, yeah, come out the next two weekends, and then a couple weeks later too is The Bodyguard, which that. Uh, that felt like that should have been a summer blockbuster too. Yeah, but that probably because that's a big movie. That was a really big movie. Yeah, that probably took a lot, of, like some of the a lot. That probably com- was a main competitor. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Uh, Ninety two, pretty good year for movies though. Just looking at the summer stuff. Ooh, three inches. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, speaking of nineteen ninety two, I have a question for you. And ooh, si- sister act. <laughs> ooh, sister. Is it back in the habit or is it just part one? Oh no! Don't no! Don't get me started on that back in the habit shit. <laughs> I did go see. Uh, sis- my mom took me to go see Sister Act in theaters. <laughs> so, <laughs> which from the no, reminder, I remember those Har- being. I remember those being big movies for kids. So that, that, yeah. I'm like, yeah, Har- yeah. Harvey Keitel plays the bad guy in that, <laughs> which is uh, but, so. Uh, a few years ago, uh, around like Christmas time. So um, our friend Jay uh, 
he was in 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 town around the holidays, and a bunch of us like met up at a bar, and I got in like an argument, and with his wife, his brother, and maybe one other person, and his wife was arguing that Sister Act back in the habit was a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I, I don't think it was. It's been a long time. But then we looked, uh, up, like, the, we looked up like the Rotten Tomatoes score and it was like something like 9% or something. like That insane. feels right too. That feels accurate. I, the first uh, one's good. The first one's a it, fun movie. It's, but... And it's like, no, I'm happy if like it meant something to you as a kid and like you still love it. That's fine. It's like, but <laughs> I, I don't think it's considered a good movie. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I'll have to talk to Seema next time we see her. I'll I'll just say, Hey, uh, like five years ago, you got in a fight with Mike. Uh, I just (laughs) want to make sure that I remind you that you were wrong. (laughs) The the sister act two is not a good movie. Um, but no, I, uh, in 92, cause this seems to be a theme. Um, there's a lot of people being murdered in convenience stores. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's this, I think it's a joke, and it's a joke and loaded weapon too, or whatever, or and loaded weapon. (laughs) Um, I think there's a scene, there's a scene in RoboCop a couple years before this. Uh, I think there's a scene in RoboCop two, which is around this time frame. I think was hard to kill a couple years before this, and it's the same. Yes, it opens with uh, him beat with a guy being murdered, and then he just beats the shit out of the guys who do it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I uh, bad things are happening in convenience stores. Convenience stores, yeah. And that's how it was. I remember. Well, and and so this opens with um. We don't. I remember. Open, but I remember as an eight year old, I'd have to. I'd walk to Cumberland Farms, and I'd have to like murder somebody to buy some warheads. Yeah, I definitely remember buying a GI Joe at Eckerd's, and then I had to <laughs> slit a guy's throat because uh, they tried to get snake eyes, and I wanted snake eyes. It's, it was a tough time to grow up. It was tough. But no, I mean, this opens with John Cutter's uh, wife being <laughs> murdered during a convenience store robbery that he tries to. Well, that's a flashback, movie. right? Oh, it's a flashback. Later a flashback. in the movie, but yeah, yeah, that's the backstory of John Cutter. <laughs> so I think that's an important piece of his backstory. I also think around this time, a really important piece of action hero backstories is having a makeshift house slash dojo <laughs> that you can also yeah. like uh, kickbox in while you're while you're 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 brooding over your your dead wife <laughs> so so do you think that's where he and his wife lived and he just like remodeled a room i hope so or, i hope it was always he, that or weird. he moved or he moved somewhere or <laughs> who do you think has the better um studio dojo apartment do you think it's john cutter or dolph lundgren and uh um showdown in little tokyo <laughs> <laughs> Because they're both, oh, I think they're both man. 92. So uh, it might be Dolph Lundgren. It's, it's, um, which we, we got to touch on that. Pretty good. We got to watch that one because <laughs> not, um, not as not as well fortified for defense. Uh, that's true. Uh, they, they, they put uh, him in full karate, like Japanese attire. And it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so I, I I did enjoy the John Cutter montage of him doing kickboxing and practicing um, uh, uh, karate in his house. And it sort of said it kind of gives you a good drop backdrop that he's a badass uh, before he goes to his very jazzy, jazzily um, uh, themed uh, uh, business lunch with Sly Del Vecchio, played by Tom Sizemore. <laughs> 
And then it's Bruce Greenwood. I can't remember what, what character yeah. Bruce Greenwood plays. He's like the head of the airline. And uh, I guess Del Vecchio is his friend and setting him up for a job to try and take over his head of security, which seems like he just basically had to have lunch with them. And that was <laughs> that was it. Yeah, like, so, no real no real interview. So I, I come in my notes. It's like, wow, that's the easiest job interview ever. It's pre 11 uh, So later in the movie, I feel Snipes like, or like John Cutter says something. Where I think he, I think he was like the former head of security for this, and like when his wife died, like stepped away, and they're trying to like bring him back, and they they don't quite spell it out well, or like did it for like, but I think it's so like that was like oh that would make way more sense that like this is a job he has had before, yes, and they're recruiting him to come do it, and really they just want to have lunch of like. Well, I gotta do my due diligence. This guy, like, is put together, and now he's not—he's not John McClane, right? Like, yeah, he's a—he's a functional adult who can hold a job. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's what I like about Snipes in this is um, he just seems like a normal guy for the most part. Like, yeah, his—he went through the horrible tragedy with his wife, which you know they don't—they don't shy away from. But it's also like, okay, you can talk to him, and he's—he's he's like a normal human being. It's not like he's got some weird hang up or issue it's like no you can have a, yeah. you can have a normal conversation well, and it's nice that like it's like from a mental health standpoint he's not completely broken like, well he's like yeah like i don't know if i'm ready for that like it's you know it's been a rough time and it's like but he's like oh when i need to like have my shit together i can have my like like i will have my shit together like it's like but yeah. i don't want the day-to-day pressure while I grieve for my dead wife, but like maybe enough time's going by and I could like step up to that again. Fair. Um, yeah, no, should... no, but I, I, it's a nice, like, yeah, it's, it's it feels realistic for. Yeah. It's like, okay, these are, these are, these seem like, okay, okay. And decent people. So while, hey, while we're talking about Bruce Greenwood, is there anything you'd like to touch on with Star Trek? I know you were very excited <laughs> uh, about so him Bruce... and, and, and rain, which we have to talk about rain as well. <laughs> So no, uh, so as I said, Bruce Greenwood is uh, Captain Pike in the J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, Star Trek movies, <laughs> the whatever universe they're trying to prime universe. I think that's what they call it. Um, so I think he does an awesome job. But then uh, the flight attendant, um, Marty Slayton, played by um, Alex Datcher, uh, she is an ensign on. Uh, End next of generation? season six, start of season seven, next generation episode descent. Uh, she is an <laughs> on those. Uh, so it's delightful, delight, always delightful. And, th- and th- I mean, this is 1992, so it's that's like peak next generation, diff- right? Right. It's almost difficult for a movie to be made and not have an actor who was on like next generation because it, it ran for like seven seasons. Yeah, so, and, and there was a lot of people. Like, I remember anyone. Like, if you're a character actor in a 1992 action movie, you were probably in one episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Like, it's just like, uh, yeah, Will Wheaton from this run. Will Wheaton was um on the show for a while. Um, yeah. how excited would you be if you saw Worf like in full costume, uh, just sitting in one of the back seats on the airplane? <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucking excited. I would be pretty excited too. I'm not even a Star Trek a Star Trek fan, but I think seeing Worf, uh. Just back there, ready to fucking kill somebody would be pretty, pretty cool. So no, it's fantastic. Uh, and then Charles wasn't Charles Rain. Um, uh, also, the uh, he's the the 
uh, main bad guy in this, but wasn't that guy also um, uh, on Star Trek as well? I thought that's, I may have gotten that wrong. I, I I did not see anything. He feels like a guy who would have been, I'll be honest, but I could not find that in his credits. Um, but I went through like a whole bunch of credits because this movie is filled with character actors who have just been working nonstop for like 30 years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we talked about Tom, Tom Sizemore's in this. Elizabeth and you go Hurley. through and it's like, like small movies. Uh, but even even so like Bruce Payne has been working like a ton. He's in like a bunch of stuff. In but then uh, like Mark McCauley. Yeah, he's in a ton uh, of who stuff. Plays too. is Vincent who plays like the terrorist who becomes like the sniper and stuff. Like he's he's the guy who things. changes costumes five times in this movie. <laughs> yes, and, like, he's has been in like everything. And then Ernie Lively plays Chief Biggs. Uh, has been in everything it's just, uh, okay. and it's amazing there's like five or six people in this movie who have just are just like character actors who have been in every like tv show for like one episode like nypd blue type stuff and then like a bunch of like random roles and like movies and stuff and it's i think it's why this movie holds up of like they're all up to the task yeah, I'm actually. Like I'm, I'm looking at Ernie Lively's IMDb, and he uh, he was in Hard to Kill. Yeah, he was impressive. in Showdown in Little Tokyo. He's in this. He's in Turner and Hooch. Uh, American Pie too. That's a random one. Uh, but yeah, he he's he's in a bunch of stuff too. You're right. And then you go to like TV shows. It's just like guest appearance on like everything. Yeah, I like the cast in this for the most part. I I think. Um, you and I were talking about it that I think Bruce Payne does a pretty good job. Charles Rain is the uh, the the main bad guy in this. Um, yeah, I guess we got to go and get into the movie. <laughs> nah, let's dance around it. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk about Elizabeth Hurley some if you want. Yeah, yeah. Also, like Elizabeth Hurley, probably the most famous. Uh, probably non-Wesley probably, Snipes person in the movie. <laughs> probably the most successful, actually, too, because if you think about the fact that she had a modeling career in the and she she basically is launching an acting career in this. Um, yeah, it, it, and her turn gets me every time. So I always forget she's in this, and I'm like, "Holy shit, it's Elizabeth Hurley!" And then she turns, and she's a bad guy, and I always forget that. God, she's 57, and I'll, I'll still looks amazing. I say, so you're saying there's a chance? I'm, I'm there saying is, there's there's still no there chance. Is not. <laughs> there's still no chance. Not even at 57. Yeah, <laughs> there is I mean, no shot. She looks incredible because uh, I. I would. Agree. Uh, I have followed her on Instagram, and I'm, it's still just like, <laughs> it's like okay, uh, uh, well done, well done. She still looks like Mrs. Kensington, uh, you know, thirty <laughs> years later. <laughs> it's impressive. I kind of want to that you keep talking and see if it gets any creepier. No, it's going to only get worse. We're not talking about it anymore. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Okay, so the movie opens. And um, it's, it's a nice extended credit sequence. Um, uh, much better uh, credit sequence than uh, Under Siege. That, that that did stand out to me as like, this felt yeah. like they actually put a little bit of work it. put into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of, uh, and it's like, it's an, it's the x-ray machine thing, which uh, they use, what a uh, Bond movie uses that. Die another it's day. It's kind of like uh, tomorrow or, never uh, dies. Tomorrow never tomorrow dies. Never dies yeah. Where it's like the X-ray stuff, and uh, yeah, and I mean this is well before that. Cubby Broccoli ripped this off. <laughs> Definitely. 
So sorry. So it starts with Charles Rain is getting ready to get plastic surgery, and we're like cross cutting between him and and the operating room, and the FBI getting ready to raid doctor's hospital office. to find yeah. him. Um, and <laughs> they 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 don't waste any time in making him. Evil, insane, bad guy. Yeah, evil completely. Uh, he refuses like anesthetic, <laughs> and the, <laughs> there will be no pain. The doctor says there'll be a lot of pain, and he he, he looks at him like there will be no pain, and it's like that. And uh, Bruce Payne is great at it. Great at delivering. Oh, he lines. sells it. It's, he he sells. He the whole sells thing. it well. Like, he can handle it. He he's up to the task of delivering because. They give Charles Rain nothing but evil, mustachy, twirling lines, and like to the point. I don't think it. It's not the actor's fault. The script needed to give a, a little grounding of the character, because <laughs> uh, the only yeah. note he has to play is completely unhinged, evil sociopath. And his only motivation—he crush, crushes it. But and his only motivation is he had a bad childhood, and that's all we'll tell you. Is is his father? Uh, what happened to your and, father? <laughs> he died. Violently. Don't ever talk about my father. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like it's, it's, yeah. come on. I I didn't. That was all. I I think um, uh, the the actor could deliver more than what the to your point the script was actually like priming the character for. And it's it is annoying to see. It, I I think you and I were talking about it. There, um, he's like a good. Feels like a little bit of a knockoff version of Rucker Howard's character in Nighthawks, which is comes out about ten years before yeah. this. And I think there's a plastic surgery scene in that. And it's kind it's of the same similar thing opening. This, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's this terrorist who's trying to, to mask his identity, and um, it Rutger Howard is a little more interesting and charismatic about it. I think this movie it's a little too let's rush past this stuff and just kind of get through it. And so you 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 kind of try and rush this stuff, and it makes. Doesn't doesn't do the character a lot of a lot of justice. Yeah, of, they uh, they don't waste time on character development. Uh, no, no, really yeah. for anybody, <laughs> even even John Cutter doesn't get much much character. Yeah, they gets a little bit more, but not not a ton. Uh, it's pretty cookie cutter. <laughs> but he immediately he immediately uh, suspects there's something wrong, and he he murders the plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Right, the exact moment the FBI breaks into the operating room, and then he escapes. Oh, oh no, he's asked. What time is it? And yes. it's like, oh, it's almost twelve, and that's when he like is like, oh, I gotta kill the doctor and like escape from here because I am aware at twelve o'clock the FBI is raiding. It's like, well, like you didn't know that thirty minutes ago when you went in for surgery. Like, what? Like, how quick did you think this procedure was going to be? I'm suspicious that they scheduled it during lunch. I don't think any doctor would want to schedule a long surgery oh, right in the middle good of lunch call. And that's good that's call. the tip. That's the tip off. Yeah. This, but also. You had a great note of oh, supposed I? to be this like internationally renowned like terrorist and like who's acting like arch and evil and the doctors seem to have like no concept of like of, like who he is or oh, and he's has... like there'll be no pain, I don't need any study. Like wouldn't the doctor be like, Oh um well then you can get the fuck out of here. We're not doing Yeah, it's like uh, that's not how we operate. <laughs> like yeah. I remember when my wife got a uh, epidural for for uh, our second child, and they wouldn't even let me watch them put the needle in because they were so paranoid about seeing it. It's like you're going to tell me they're going to let somebody have their face reconstructed with without any anesthetic. <laughs> like, all right, 
I, I mean, it, yeah. it kind of makes Charles Rain like a that's that's like a little bit of a stupid like. Okay, we're gonna make him a badass too, but because he can, you know, he he's mm. immune to pain. So anyway, so he escapes and gets captured, and which that never pays. I don't like doesn't they pay kind off. of present that way, but it doesn't pay off, and they never really present it that way because it seems like when he is in physical fights, like no, he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's, and it, it seems like like he's in pain. I don't, I I couldn't say for sure, but it certainly isn't helping him. <laughs> No, I think it's supposed to try and give you some sort of depth or interest uh, to make him seem like a, a bad guy, but it never, you're right, it never really pays off to to um, any stretch. But it's also, on the other hand, like something I love about this movie, that they're taking such a shortcut to just make him arch and evil, and I'm like, all right, I'm on board. This is the bad guy. He's just mustache-twirling villain. He's And, and I, I know I had in my notes, is like, a kind of a complaint, but now it's also like, it's like the way he's written and it's like every choice they make for him, it's like, what's the most unhinged, evil, sociopathic <laughs> thing he could do in this scene? Have him do that. And so it's like, they, I don't know. Done like, and that's done. fun. Like, that's fun in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I know um, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't necessarily make it good, but it does kind of make it fun. <laughs> no, it, it does. I, I mean, I think this is a, He's still a pretty good bad guy, despite my yeah. com- my complaints. I think he's still a pretty good bad guy that that is you know it's enjoyable to watch, and he has uh, a charm to him as well. Yeah, and I, I think because when you look at the henchmen, the henchmen really don't have any personality. They all <laughs> yeah. they're all pretty. They're kind of all uh, throwaways for the most part, which is which is good that they've got at least got Charles Rain as sort of a. Uh, this is what like um, skyscraper was lacking. This is lacking a very defined, you know, interesting sort of focal yes. point. Background. Yeah, and and, and yeah. does a pretty good job being kind of a foil to uh, to John Cutter. Yeah, and as good as like Snipes is as Cutter, this guy's up to like pains up to the task of being the bad guy for him. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of what what helps this movie like, work. You're excited for him to face up and foil this bad guy. So, Despite, like the. <laughs> writing of his character and everything like yeah it paid like that paid. yeah i i i agree it, it pays off and uh i i think so uh john cutter goes to a job interview it effectively <laughs> requires him to eat a salad and then he and talk to tom sizemore r.i.p <laughs> and uh um uh, then he goes and immediately gets on an airplane, even though he doesn't like flying. And he is sent, I guess, to Los Angeles for this this uh, shareholder meeting that they're going to have, where they're going to announce him as the uh, head of security. Which, again, John Cutter's reputation definitely precedes him in terms of <laughs> importance to everybody. And um, this does have the uh, this does have the good. Uh, kind of walk and talk between Sizemore and, and Snipes uh, going to the, the gate. Yeah. Still a weird time in, in the world where you could actually, without having a ticket, walk to the gate of an airplane. <laughs> um, definitely, again, pre-9-11, it's very weird to see that sometimes because security, for most of my adult life, has been uh, yeah, well, so, so what, much harder. And what's <laughs> funny is how like, I, I remember airports being that way because of when that changed in our lives. And 
to do, oh man, like I'm getting close to being really old that I'm going to be the guy who's like, no, no, that's how airports were. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, I mean, I, I remember as a kid uh, flying to Disney and my grandmother took us to the airport and she went all the way to the gate and then waved goodbye through the window when we were like, yeah, well, walking out like, onto the tarmac, taking people off of the airport. And like, you just walk all the way to like the gate where they were yeah. getting off and just meet them there. And like, yeah, it's yeah. like, nah, yeah, not doing that shit anymore. So it, it's, it's, um, it's that like was kind of funny in little China, you know, that's exactly, it's exactly, the gate. yeah. What yeah. happens when yeah. you meet at the gate, you, uh, a, yeah. a, yeah. a Chinese, um, uh, or or Chinatown gang uh, abducts your 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 mail order bride. Your, your green eyed. Your green eyed Chinese bride. woman. <laughs> hey, David Lopan's not gonna can't he can't heal himself. <laughs> God, I can't wait. To, I can't. I bought a, a, a I bought a big trouble in Little China shirt, and my wife's first comment was, "Well, at least I'll never forget the movie name because my wife can never <laughs> get the movie's name correct." <laughs> We've, I've probably watched it with her about six times. That's the shirt I hate. <laughs> I, I I think she actually likes Damn. it. I mean, it's it's weird. Props it's, to her. Well, I think she just sits there. She's like, whatever. And like, I've watched it with Carter a bunch too, because uh, he really likes the. <laughs> he because it's wow. it's not that bad, and I think it's it's kind of like more. No, like no, it's not. It's kind of slapstick. If, if I had to it describe is. it, yeah, I might have to try it with my kids. Um, I feel like they would probably enjoy it, and I think I didn't I guess watch it. I, I'm overthinking it. So sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, no, you're probably I think probably a little bit because when I watched it, I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I watched it for the first time as an adult, and I think if you're probably like Kelly's age, you she's probably an old enough now to get the humor of like, oh, Jack Burton's just a buffoon, and like, you well, know, they they, they put I, him I, forward. I, I, <laughs> I was not. <laughs> what do you mean? At that age. Oh, no. Well, well she's a girl. So, so she's probably more mature. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, probably. So, <laughs> um, so our, again, our friend Jay, it's one of his favorite movies. So he showed it to me. I remember liking it, but, and I remember uh, he showed it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. And then well, seeing it like a couple more times and like at still like a fairly young age and being like and then having a period i didn't see it for a while and but and then kind of having a thought of like oh man i know jay loves that but like oh, it's never really quite like fully hit for me like i enjoyed it because like, you know, yeah it's a fun action movie um and then watching it and be like oh like kurt russell's not the hero he thinks he's the hero but yeah he's exactly. not and yeah. that's why it's hilarious and like, and like it's, it's it's so yeah i was not mature enough when i first saw it to uh, understand like fair guy's not the hero and it's and it's kurt russell doing a two-hour john wayne impression is effectively like what yeah. jack burton is yeah it, it's hilarious like yeah it's, so uh, yeah so I, i've watched a couple times with carter i think he likes the parts with obviously with the fighting and then um, the stuff with the th was it the, the three oh god what do they call them the three is it the th it's like the three winds or something like that where it's the it's the the siblings that they can all do different have different sort of superpowers uh, uh, yeah I forget yeah, I can't uh, I'm gonna screw it up uh, Jay's gonna beat right. the shit out of me when we talk when he hears this um, Raiden from Mortal Kombat <laughs> total rip uh, off of one of yeah the, the guy that, that ripped off his Raiden the guy who who blows up physically blows up at the end but um 
I have no idea how yes, I got onto this right. <laughs> Kananga balloon guy. <laughs> Kananga balloon guy. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm so far into a, a reference that I I can no longer extricate myself from this and, and make sense of it. So I'm gonna uh, move I, on. I, I think that means I win. You do win, <laughs> and everybody else in listening to this loses. Uh, because I totally forgot what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But I will say, hey. Watch Big Trouble in Little China because it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And then if you really want to feel good about yourself, you should mm-hmm. watch uh, uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo if you want to have a movie that rips off Big Trouble in Little China. That'd be a fun double feature to do. <laughs> I watched I watched um, Showdown in Little Little Tokyo. And I think the last time I remember watching it was on in 2011 when we went to L.A. to see you and Jay. And I think... Uh, I fell asleep on Jay's couch trying to watch that. It's 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 bad. It's really bad. Oh, I, I like that movie, especially when Brandon Lee tells Dalph Lundgren's character what a huge dick he is. Uh, yes, he does. <laughs> You're absolutely right. OK, so that's where now I'm back. I'm back. Speaking of dicks, I know where we're going with this. We're, we're talking about we're talking about airport security and we're talking about <laughs> We're talking about, I know we're back on course. We're back on course. We're all coming back around to it. It, it all comes back to uh, Wesley Snipes uh, character going through um, the, the the metal detector. And he has to get felt up and scanned by the um, the TSA agent that that's like trying to push him through the metal detector. And she's like, well, I have to check you out now. And, and they, they wand only his crotch. <laughs> so I just I just laughed because I'm like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're in the 80s and 90s action camp, you have to have a scene where there's a woman that just cannot resist how hot of a guy you must be. That's like, just clearly would fuck you. Yeah. And, and it's the, like and the, the really important part of that scene is he's too busy to, even to go care. fuck her. Yeah. But like, like he can't like, but it's like. But it's if I had the time, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, it's but yeah, I hate. Well, you know I, I do, but, I do laugh. But it even, is also like you know what though, this happens so much. Yeah, just next time I'll get it. <laughs> I do laugh at Sizemore points it out, and yeah, and like Snipes is like, oh, I mean, like, nah, whatever. Or like he just kind of blows it off like it's no big deal. That that's yes, kind of a fun. I did too, honestly, Snipes. It's just <laughs> it's every day. <laughs> I can never take this woman to a convenience store. Therefore, there there could be no relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I, I I did enjoy that. Like, okay, even in 1992, this this horrible action movie trope is still oh, <laughs> like it's still. But and sh- shout out to the TSA agent, agent agent. She does a great job. She doesn't oversell it. She's like, but clearly giving him the eyes of like. Uh, I would argue and, she does a terrible job because right behind John Cutter <laughs> is is one of the henchmen who looks fucking evil. Oh, oh, oh. I just mean she does a great job of communicating. <laughs> she will true. fuck John Cutter. <laughs> she <In> does. A... <laughs> But then she also immediately in a, fail in a professional way. <laughs> Terrific. Now, for her job. actual job, yes, that does not go well. <laughs> does the actual terrorist no, get right on the plane? I'd say the airline and maybe by John Cutter. Yeah, the airline and TSA failed us uh, numerous times in this. I would argue the guy that's the most suspicious to me in terms of henchman getting on the airplane was the guy wearing a flannel but, uh, button-down shirt that is fully unbuttoned but tucked in. <laughs> That is a weird fucking look. It's weird. <laughs> it feels very 1992, though. 
it does, but it feels like even a style in 1992 that nobody was was, it's was insane embracing. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> like I I don't know. I will say I was thinking about this. Like the henchmen in this are just kind of mad for me. You really need. I really need a Carl. I really need a Marco. Yeah, well, uh, I really yeah. need a Heinrich. And, Come on, give me some diehard uh, henchmen here. Like this. Well, and the great part about diehard is you immediately get their motivation. It's yeah. uh, it's a heist. Yeah, it's money. They're coming. They're here for the money. I. This is this is the most. It's it's the weirdest amalgamation. The most insane movie I've ever seen of. Yeah, I know. It's a native henchman. Yeah, I mean, zero motivation explained. (laughs) They're very loyal. I'll give them that. They're extremely loyal. But it's it's okay. So they make a big deal. The airline doesn't know the FBI is going to have Charles Rain on this flight. Yeah. And that's like it said multiple times over and over. Where like the airlines like, well, it's not our fault. The FBI didn't tell us. But somehow, these associates of Charles Rain, these other terrorist people, are completely aware to the point where they can infiltrate multiple people into the flight crew of this flight. <laughs> and <laughs> not not well, to mention Charles Rain. Is a sociopath who kills multiple of his henchmen. His only motivation seems to be just chaos and destruction. And we have zero. It's undefined, really, what his goals are. It's completely undefined why anyone would follow him. <laughs> and it is insane that they are able to pull off this hijacking of the plane. Do they ever actually give any context for like why he's such a revered terrorist? Other than I mean, I guess he's been successful. Like, and these people are into that. I, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Elizabeth Hurley is her character is British, so you could think, okay, maybe there's some sort of I don't know kinship or whatever there. But I, I could buy that one a little bit of just like she's in love with him and like. Like, but everybody, he's everybody just else charming, just, yeah. To the where it's like, okay, and like she's like a little unhinged, and so like she's willing to throw her like, like breathless guy, and it's just like all in on like what his shit. <laughs> and it's like, okay, sure, why not? Like I, I'll make that up in my brain to go with this because it's never explained that way. <laughs> um, I think she's then the probably, rest of them yeah. is, are like it's just why? a weird hodgepodge. <laughs> why would you be doing this? <laughs> Right, like the only kind of, I don't know. I mean, I, I I like the the guy who keeps changing outfits. He disguises himself as a <laughs> as a as a, um, a flight attendant. Then he disguises himself as a cop. Then he he's I think he's so, go ahead. I bought I bought him because he seemed to be having a great time. <laughs> yeah, he loves changing outfits. He likes the costumes. Yeah. He likes the, he likes the pageantry of being a terrorist. So apparently. I saw what was in it for him. He yeah. was having a blast. This is his best day. What about the guy with the crazy perm that uh, immediately gets shot by uh, Charles Rain? Oh man, you got to check out that guy's IMDb page. Oh, am I? Do I? Oh, you do. Is it? Well, don't yeah, don't don't, don't, don't so, ruin so it. I'll, I'll I'll backstory this. There's a guy who 
is so Wesley Snipes John Cutter runs in like runs to the bathroom hides in there is trying to like communicate off the plane so it's like sneakily trying to get Which, like, the credit that, card that, that is a great a great scene I, I do really enjoy Snipes kind of playing like the the this coward guy that yes. uh, is yes. super super yes, yes. scared so like, that's a lot of fun. this guy has to come check at him and and the guy in Wesley comes out and he's like I'm so sorry like, don't shoot me don't shoot me and does all this stuff. and then and then when the guy like kind of lowers the guard he like starts kicking his ass. And so Wesley Snipes kind of beats him, but then the other guys come and the Charles Rain and one of his like um super evil is like I, I like I hate people who fail me or like some kind of line like that. And he shoots the one terrorist that like Wesley Snipes, John Cutter get the better of. Um and uh so have you seen his IMDP IMDb page yet? Um is the guy's name James Short? All right, let me see. Because yes. he's only yes, in episodes <laughs> of Silk Stockings, and then this—that <laughs> is him—and <laughs> Melrose Place. And it, his, but the picture seems modern. <laughs> the picture looks modern, but it looks like a wrestler. Like but he it hasn't like worked he, in like twenty-six years or like sixteen years or something. But his picture looks like he is auditioning to be like a zombie. There, oh man, it's, it's one of the crazier IMDb pages I've ever seen. Yeah, like I kind of want to look away. Like it's really unsettling. It looks like he's looking into my soul on these pictures. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like I and don't. So, so, like, part of me gets it, Lowe's, because it's like, all right, he was like a bad guy in some movies, and he's like, yeah, let me like. Oof, man, go for bad guy roles, and it's like, yeah, that looks like a great bad guy, but like. <laughs> I need a he, bio on him. He, uh, I regret looking at that. I feel like I'm looking at somebody who was possessed. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It is like I don't. I I, I really don't. I kind of want to go back, but I'm also looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want to do this again. Like this is this scares me. I, this is this is unsettling. <laughs> but, right, so, um, that, so while we're doing IMDb pages, let me let me read you something from Bruce Payne. <laughs> oh please. Uh, having worked extensively in film, theater, and television in both the UK and the US, and on location in many parts of the globe, Bruce Payne was born in London Town and is a much-loved and respected talent recognized around the world, known in the industry as the consummate professional. <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch more, but it's one of the many pages that that's going to or his manager written by his manager <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no way it's not and he's done enough where like it's that's his manager <laughs> yeah like no way it's not there's no way it's not uh which is fine now, like I, I don't play i don't know who right i don't know who writes other imdb pages i'll be honest um I mean, true i mean i guess why wouldn't it be your manager or at least a pr like i, I remember right. um i i guess the closest proxy i can give is i i recall at my old company because we had enough money to do this, we had a PR firm that would professionally manage the LinkedIn profiles for all of our C-suite. Oh, wow. And I think it's, to me, I think I kind of think it is the same. And the reason I know that is um, they hired right. a new I assume C- it's like, if you're like a CAA client, CAA writes here. Yeah, uh, kind it, 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 that's what I'm thinking. Because I remember they hired our, a new CFO while I was there. Um, one of many while I was there. And uh, um, he sent me a LinkedIn request like a week before he actually formally started. And so I sent him a message and it was like, Hey, great to meet you. Look, look forward to working. To you. I was basically trying to kiss my, my future boss's ass, it, you know, via LinkedIn. And um, he gets there and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I was like, did you get my LinkedIn message? He's like, Oh no. Like somebody else manages that shit for me. So it's like, Oh, great. It's like, 
I'm kissing some marketing intern's ass. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. That's really funny. It's <laughs> like great, terrific. So it's like when you see like Tom Brady tweeted. It's like no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, like no, like like if you told me that that somebody uh, when Tom Brady posted his current retirement video on the beach, and then if somebody showed me a shot of like. There's a nine-person crew that's behind it. Yeah, yeah. That's, I have him shooting. I'm like, exactly. I, I would 100 believe that. And it's like, <laughs> like, why wouldn't there be when you're like that level no, yeah, of whatever? Like, like, yeah, yeah. Which I have to ask you. All right, uh, we're gonna do a sidebar. You think he's coming <laughs> back? You think he's coming back this season? Let's do let's do predictions. Oh, 2023, man. 2024 season. You think Brady Brady comes back? Because everybody keeps saying Dolphins are gonna pick him up because Tua Tua got hurt so much with concussions. Going back and forth. It doesn't brain. have to be the Dolphins. I'm just curious. I really want to say no. But. Okay, so here's my dilemma. <laughs> so, so he so he, he got divorced. Which is and, sad. And so, yeah, yeah, yes, that's very sad. <laughs> now, they both have a ton of money. It's like. I, I don't know, man. They both were invested in in, uh, in fucking uh, well, uh, crypto, so I'm not sure. Will, that yeah, that's a different. Yeah, <laughs> he might need that's the money now. Yeah. So my but my dilemma is: is he is does does he want to stick it? So like, it seems like they get divorced because he wanted to keep playing football. Is like he wanna, uh, does he want to prove a wrong? Bullshit. Does he want to prove it wrong and not go back and be like, see, like I didn't have to do it. Like I just it, was, it really was just the one more year. Or is he gonna be like, well, fuck it, like I'm divorced now. Like I might as well go back and do it. And I I kind of think for him over time, it's gonna be the latter. Though like, uh, I'm just gonna play again. Like <laughs> as time goes by, it's like I I don't. I mean, I know he's a hyper competitive athlete, so maybe he has that vindictive spirit, yeah, to win. But I don't know if he has. I don't know if he has that in life versus like football or like like he can compartmentalize it. Yeah, I. I, um, I think he's going to be looking at those like Dolphins receivers. Yeah. And be like, oh man, like <laughs> Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, they've they've got a pretty good team. I think that'd be, um, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> and uh, I think their tight end Galeski is not bad either. So what I, else I, is going on? <laughs> I um yeah no yeah he's I, solid. I, I kind of can't stand him but on on one level I also look at it as we are seeing as an adult I get to watch an athlete that there'll probably never really be another one like at least you know it's gonna be very yeah. very very rare so I'm like I kind of want to see him come back because I just want to see like fuck man what if he can do it what if at 46 the dude can win a Super Bowl again yeah I mean, like crazy crazy and with three teams right like, it's just such an unprecedented thing yeah if he, yeah you're right if he won his went to the dolphins and won a super bowl it, it just be like I, I don't know what to do with this guy like, no no you, it's, it's it's how it's, does I, anyone I, ever live up to that I, malcolm gladwell is gonna have to write a book specifically about tom brady <laughs> like, <this laughs> like, um yeah I, I would i there's a weird part of me that would want to see it because i think it's just like we're not going to see it again yeah the- it's why i became like a jordan fan yeah over time eventually it's just like well i i just want to keep seeing like amazing things in history and like be part of that 
because yeah now it's yeah. now it's getting ridiculous and like yeah yeah all right so you just you have know, to like come around on it i hope he, i i there's a part of me that kind of hopes he comes back i also have friends who will draft him for sure so if it sucks <laughs> you know in a fantasy football it's like all right i will not be touching him in fantasy football no so. <laughs> I, I i feel like if you don't have a good o-line you can't that he's still he's still gonna be 46 years old like that's not a good no, yeah a good body to, to take a lot of tackles <laughs> so I, I'm 39. If I get tackled by my six-year-old, also, sucks. I can't given the number it. of concussions Tua took the last season, not oh, recommended no. for a 46-year-old to go take that position. No, he'll be peeing in his pants by the time he's 45 or 54. Yeah. Like he's that, be well, mentally and I toast. there's part of me too that's like, just retire, just re- like and don't like and be have like a normal life and like. Yeah, like, he was never not, like an like injury-prone sh- guy. Yeah, like he had a pretty pretty healthy career, I think, for the most part. Yeah, the one knee injury, um, yeah. but that that was mostly it. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like it's don't let your your pride uh, take the better of you. Yeah. So speaking of pride, <laughs> let's talk about the pride of uh, of poor Douglas, our <laughs> our passenger who gets as soon as he's uh, free. Uh, Charles Rain takes how, hostage. Given how he's dressed, I don't think he has much pride. <laughs> Not in himself, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so. He, he looks like an Shortly out of shape, after, uh, gap ad. <laughs> so this is our re- repeating theme in the movie of a bad guy has a gun to the head of somebody and using them as like a human shield and John Cutter is facing off against them. And so it happens. So it's the backstory of what happened to his wife. And in that one, he puts his gun down and the guy still shoots her. And then early in the movie, he's a security trainer. And going through this training scenario, and this flight attendant is in that scenario and tries to improvise, and he kind of dresses her down, and it ends up being the same flight attendant who's on the flight that gets hijacked. And so, and it just is a repeating situation that I don't think entirely pays off in a meaningful way, but you know we're putting our character through this situation. A few times and so it's always like a repeated image that's interesting but so after snipes def- <laughs> beats up the uh i am the guy with the imdb page we uh were <laughs> the, guy, by alan. the guy who's possessed yeah got his it. name's his name's alan <laughs> in the movie uh so <laughs> charles rain grabs his passenger take him hostage and Snipes counters back by grabbing one of like the terrorists and doing him. And Charles Ray just like immediately shoots the terrorist. And that's how Alan dies. So R.I.P. Alan. Um, but so the the passenger Charles Rain picks up. Uh so he demands he like tell him your like tell him your name. Tell him about it's, it's obviously you make it more personal and he feels like my name's Douglas, but it's this guy who's super pasty white is wearing this incredibly like he's like big khakis with this 90s like red blue yellow striped shirt kind of thing like it's you know hey we talked about it on this podcast dad outfit (laughs) that is the same fucking shirt i had my portrait painted in when i was a kid that's exactly the shirt it looked exactly like that where it's just this it's a hodgepodge of colors. <laughs> I got it at the Gap. It's 
it, you it, it's yeah. weirdly so old now that it's actually coming back in terms of the style of, of like clothing it's a shirt a third grader's mom put him in <laughs> yes like it's that kind of like so the guy is just like so like undignified and then he kills him and it's like oh yeah we saw that come in because the movie set this guy up with like nobody was identifying with this guy. So like he was completely disposable because the audience wasn't that sad about him dying. No. It's like, oh poor Douglas. I, I also really enjoy the, the 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 Douglas dummy of when he falls over dead. It's just like he goes stiff and it's just this cartoonishly big blown out hole through his crazy red hair. And it's just but, like it just like also peels. The, the hair is kind of a comb over maybe. Yeah. And like yeah. He he just looks oh man, I just keep looking at him and just like they really do put him up as like so, off, yeah, Murph off. has his has his background on his zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's just like fuck that guy. Douglas, you piece of shit. He also looks like he like might have been like the writer of the movie. <laughs> he I think maybe you said this. He, he looks has like, that kind of look. <laughs> he looks like one of the guys from Tim and Eric. I can't remember which one it is, but he kind of <laughs> looks like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it just looks like real soft i guess i don't know all right all right so i think we're at the point now where we're uh we're almost two hours into a movie it's only 80 minutes (laughs) yeah cutter sabotages the plane to lose gas and so they have to land and so they land in this like middle of nowhere place it's supposed to be louisiana is it louisiana but there's a lot of confederate flags even though it's louisiana which is you don't think louisiana has confederate flags (laughs) Well, I we look. I grew up in Georgia, where that was the state flag up until about <laughs> 2005 or something like that. So, uh, you know, no, I guess I just didn't expect that. But it is it is a little yeah. strange at a county it's, fair. It is jarring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so they land the plane, and and I feel this whole like 20 minutes filler feels all super filler. tacked on, where snipes is forced off the plane rain and two henchmen get off the plane and they all end up at this county fair and kind of have a showdown there and then they all eventually are like back on the plane pretty much yeah the two uh, henchmen who die real roller coaster ride no pun intended for charles rain because <laughs> the guy with the weird tucked in shirt gets killed off by getting knocked off the ferris wheel Rain gets captured and yeah. then Cutter makes a plan because there's instructions to kill a hostage every 20 minutes if he's not back on the plane. Also, the FBI fully turns over the situation to John Cutter. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Which is very funny. Hey, that's what I would do. John Cutter? You're talking about John, John Cutter? Cutter? Look at him. He you better hope nothing happened to John Cutter because I'll take it on your now, ass if anything happened they, to John Cutter. They do set it up because... All right, so... <laughs> There's a lot of uh, racism in this movie, not not by the movie, like intentionally. So it's written into the movie as it's like in the movie based, on, based on the locations. Yeah. So there's a great so the one of the flight attendants like Cutter, it tells her like, hey, like help me out. I'm like a bit of a nervous flyer, but it's the flight attendant he dressed down in the training scenario earlier. So she gets this old woman who's apparently on this flight all the time, and she tells her that. John Cutter is Arsenio Hall, and she Which goes they... and sits down next to him, 
and goes on a long, long monologue about how much he loves like Arsenio Hall and stuff. And it, it's kind of funny, but it also feels like the type of like the type of well-intentioned racism <laughs> that must like if you're like a minority or like well, any any sort of like I don't know, like gay, black, what uh, Mexican, like the well-intentioned racism that must just cut into your soul in like a really deep way of like this person is trying to be nice to me and they're still being racist. <laughs> and like I was like, oh man, <laughs> it's feels like pretty brutal. Uh this this is a joke that they they definitely stitch into this movie that seems like it would be hilarious for only white people in 1992. <laughs> like they think they're actually being sensitive and they're actually not. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah, the, it's like a 1992 thing. It. Yeah. It's like very 1992 of like, Oh, we're acknowledging like racism happens. Um, and it's like, man, like, yeah, this would be awful. But I guess um, uh, I, I forget now in the trivia research, I saw there's a movie later with Arsenio Hall where they have someone mistake him for Wesley Snipes as a joke, <laughs> which I think is a, a callback to this movie. Pretty good. <laughs> which is, I think, which I think that's kind of, that's pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> that's funny like, because that, that's making fun of the actual problematic yeah. thing. Uh, and then the other more like very overt racism is so John Cutter gets off the plane and these two Louisiana deputies immediately grab him and just arrest him. And, it's, and the undertone is very clear. It's like, well, we caught a bad guy, or we caught a black guy. He must be the bad guy. Got it. They be. bring him to like the sheriff, and they like, cutter is like explaining to him, like, here's who I am. Here's what's going on. And he's like, you might be telling the truth, but I'm not going to take that chance. <laughs> and it's very, <laughs> it's very clear that's like. If you were white, I'd believe you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like the racism is intense in it. Um, so the FBI comes later, and so I think they set it up for the FBI to like give the like give it to Cutter because like the FBI comes later and the head guy who comes is a black guy, and he is aggressively after the sheriff like, if you hurt John Cutter, it's gonna be your ass kind of attitude, and so I think he's like. He's like, oh, I know, I know and respect John Cutter. And like he had to deal with your stupid racist ass. Like, <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, like I'm on board. I'm on I'm on his team. <laughs> kind of thing. So like, yeah, like, all right, I buy this guy would be like, yeah, Cutter, let's do it your way. <laughs> I uh no, I, I really enjoyed the the instant credibility that, that John Cutter gets in this with without any kind of um from the FBI. From the FBI, I, yeah, I did, then, I, 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 I'm I want, not sure. I want like a 20 minute movie of the backstory on John Cutter in the FBI. They they present it as if John Cutter um, rescued a thousand orphans from a burning building uh, in a single night. In terms of like what his reputation is, it's kind of the same thing with Ryback, right? In, in Under Siege, <laughs> where uh, there's all this built in backstory and knowledge of of how important this person is. But they don't ever give you anything on the screen that tells you that, other than just exposition. Yeah, through they, a they tell you, yeah, they don't show it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and it's kind of that, like that kind of is weak, and, and it's uh, much less fun. Yeah. 
particularly in an action movie, where it's like, well, I want to see the badass shit this guy did. Yeah, well, I mean, like, 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 yeah, like, what did he do to get his reputation? Because if he's just the head of security, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's like it. John Cutter's hey, background's he, never given to you as being a. Badass. He had a well-run department that was always on top of their stuff. People clocked in on time, clocked out on time. Payroll ran well. You know, he is a well-respected manager of his department. Uh, he also did Hawaiian shirt Friday. That was his. Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I do enjoy this. I also enjoy that not long after they have to put rain back on the airplane, uh, the lead FBI agent gets shot in the arm and they're like, are you okay? He goes, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a very it's funny, like, like, dude, you got shot in it. He's shot. So, it's like, not the right. reaction is like, I, I don't quite know what it is. It's, it's the most annoyed um, and frustrated, but like, yeah, it, it like... seems, he seems more, um, nonplussed and, and slash annoyed that he got shot. Uh, so I, I did enjoy um, that reaction to just just being shot. It seemed more of a, a nuisance than anything else. Also, um, <laughs> speaking of nuisances, how far do you think Sly, Sly Del Vecchio had to fly in a helicopter <laughs> to go from their headquarters yeah, to get to where this movie takes not, place? We've really missed. We've not talked about Tom Sizemore, who passed Which, away R- recently. So R- R- very, R- very sad. This, this is still when Sizemore was. Demons, yeah. But very talented. Yeah, I, I, I Sizemore has been some of my favorite movies and, um, yeah. with, with uh, Saving Private Ryan. Obviously, he's in Heat. Um, yeah, I think Heat's he, just an all timer of a performance. Like it yeah. is, it, it is, and I, I think it's it's pretty sad. I know he had some pretty bad substance abuse problems, but Sizemore was in a lot of big movies in the nineties mm-hmm. and two thousands, and it's 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 sad that probably somebody of his mm-hmm. ability and, and caliber well, <laughs> went out like this. And in, in, in this, he's just kind of a cornball, though. Yeah. So, no, he's, but he's good. And I was, but I was say, like, talk about like, potentially casting Seagal in this. It feels like they cast Seagal in it. It'd be like, all right, well, we got to give him more to size more then. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably true. Like, probably true. We really got to offload yeah. some of this acting chops to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So he's very, and I thought it was very funny of the, so, John Cutter, he calls Sizemore's character DeVecchio from the phone. And so part of the reason why he's screaming like a coward is so he can hear him like, oh, my God, like you're, you've hijacked the plane. Like, I'm so scared to communicate that information to him. So he immediately reacts and like, so the head of the airline is like, all right, well, you got to get out there and get out, get on top of this. So take a, take a chopper. And he even says, like, like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Take a chopper out to that airfield. And it's like, oh, like they're in L.A. And this is supposed to be the Louisiana. You're going to take a helicopter? <laughs> That's what I, I I think they do a badge. I think they're supposed to be in, like, central or southern Florida. And they don't really tell you that. Okay. And so there's just this implication that, that Sizemore loads up on a helicopter and for just, a 2000 mile like 2500 mile voyage helicopter trip indeterminate uh length of trip that's the problem <laughs> so i like to imagine he, he was just like all right this is what my boss told me and he, the helicopter was refueling like four or five times like on the way out there uh yeah we gotta get there it's what he's told us to do <laughs> um yeah no i i think um 
I really liked I, I liked his character of Del Vecchio. It's actually like not a bad character. Again, they, yeah. he, they use him as like a pretty heavy exposition vehicle for the, their friendship and like. And he, but he's Cutter. so good and like, and that's why I'm at like imagine he's like a little goofy, a <clears throat> little I don't know, a little something else. But I mean, but like, he gives he gives a lot of character to the exposition, and like it's a, like it's the type of role. It's like oh yeah, that's why you cast an actor like that in, in that role. Like you have to, so that that guy is compelling and interesting while unloading this information on the audience. Man, I'm looking at his, uh, his IMDB, man. He was in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Uh, it's a shame. He, he passed as young as he did. Um, especially, I still go back to your point on heat. I forgot he was a natural born killers as Scagnetti, the, uh, the cop. So, yeah, which is a great, a great, great performance. Yeah, which, yeah, around this time and Heat too, I guess. I mean, he was, he was yeah. firing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, he he was on a really uh, this time trajectory yeah. in the in the nineties, which is a shame, but um, a shame for him that didn't work out. But um, but yeah, um, all right, took us sorry, took us way off course. Uh, so you are we we, we kind of talked about it. Rain gets arrested, um, and then he gets. He, he he gives this crazy uh, idea to the FBI that they're going to shoot a hostage in 20 minutes if they don't put him back on the plane. So as they do that, uh, um, our, our boy Marcus McCauley or Mark McCauley uh, starts shooting <laughs> as soon as Rain gets back on the airplane and he wings the FBI agent and then Cutter Cutter gets off the uh, what do you call it? The. Um, he he goes out there and he gets in the in the car in the cop car with the crazy ass sheriff. Biggs. And I actually thought this was a pretty good stunt. What's his name? Biggs. Biggs. Uh, Biggs. Fred, also, Frederick Luke Skywalker. What? What? Biggs. What? Isn't Biggs Frederick Luke Skywalker? Are you sure it's not Migs? I am. Biggs. Yeah, Biggs. Hmm. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look some stuff up. So you well, keep, while you, keep the, right, I'm gonna mm. keep this. I'm gonna keep this moving while you research. All right, all right. What what I'm thinking of? <laughs> Whatever this uh, porn parody of Star Wars is that you're thinking. Of. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. So, uh, um, Rain gets back on the plane, and the plane starts to take off, and then uh, Cutter, Cutter of of course has to save the day. So he gets into the cop car with um uh sheriff biggs and uh i like this i like this this part a lot um it's got sizemore in the back seat and it's got snipes leaning out of a car window um uh and they and they they're riding up underneath an airplane trying to to get snipes back onto it and it feels like a pretty well done stunt where um it you know snipes is definitely doing it, it looks like snipes is definitely doing his own stunts to climb onto the landing gear and then effectively ride the landing gear back up to the plane as his way of getting, you know, getting back in and infiltrating the plane. Uh, now that now that they're yeah, trying to, it's escape. a great stunt. And it, I, it looks it agree. looks real. It looks like it's Snipes doing his own yeah. stunts in this, which I props props to the movie for for pulling it off. I feel <laughs> it feels real. Yeah. So uh, I still feel like guess- I don't understand how this and or in Commando you don't get crushed by the uh, landing gear though as it retracts into the airplane and feel. <laughs> feels like you would die instantly from 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 writing that thing up so i i'm i'm gonna have to reevaluate my opinion of your star wars fandom so big's dark lighter 
friend of Luke Skywalker from Tatooine, mm-hmm. right before the Battle of Yavin, before they attack the Death Star in A New Hope, is the one who says to Luke, it'll be like old times, Luke. They'll never stop us. Uh, no, it does not ring a bell. And I've seen Star Wars a lot, and I was a huge Star Wars kid, and that does not ring a single bell. To the point, I can go over to a box in my garage right now and pull out the original 1977 action figures from Kenner that I have in a collectible Star Wars Apparently, you didn't have a Biggs. <laughs> I did not have a Biggs, but I did have a Porkins. Does Porkins <laughs> count for anything? <laughs> it does. So, uh, like, Biggs is, like, you know, the same as Porkins, one of the pilots. No, I got that part. I just don't. I have zero mm. recollection of Biggs. <laughs> so is his pretty- name is his name Biggs in Star Wars? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. No, it's not the same actor. It's just the same name of the character. Oh, all right, I, motherfucker. I thought you were talking about like it's the same actor with the same oh, name. Sure, 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 sure. Cover yourself now. I get it. I get it. Mm, damn it. <laughs> um. I won the Nerd Olympics today. Yeah. You did. What is the other guy? Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Wedge Antilles. Is it like part of the Wedge Antilles uh, yeah, squadron? Also, in this is so nerdy. In, in case you thought you had a shot at the Nerd Olympics, then we just go ahead and crush your hopes. In, in a bunch of the Final Fantasy games, they have characters named Biggs and Wedge, <laughs> who are like recurring that. Not recurring characters, they're normally different characters, but they're always like part of like soldiers for like some kind of military force. Oh no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why big sticks out in my head because it's also from Final Fantasy. <laughs> well, that all right, you you've won the fucking Nerd Olympics. Yeah, I, I never Sorry. I never finished <laughs> I never finished Final Fantasy Seven. I got about mm-hmm. forty hours into it. I just gave up. Oh. <laughs> like I'm done. What was this the the, the Chuchubi or the Chocobi? <laughs> Chocobo? Chocobo, yeah. When the, I had to breed those the things, yellow bird, them, you'd ride. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired of doing this shit. I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> I never defeated Sephiroth or Sethiroth or whatever the hell it's called. Well, good good news for our podcast. One of us has defeated Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> if shit goes down, <laughs> yeah, what did it cost you? My entire virginity. <laughs> I never, never got it back. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty nerdy. I, I saw something about a joke about somebody wearing a shirt uh, that says Sephiroth for president. And I was like, damn, I feel like I'm too old yeah. and too too nerdy to to yeah. admit to getting that joke. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of nerdy, we are re- recording a podcast about a 31-year-old. <laughs> 31-year-old uh, action movie that only did yeah. uh, $66 million. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit. That was like what I say, thirty fifth of the box office or something. Thirty <laughs> fifth of the box office, but you know what? Number one in my heart for nineteen ninety two. Yeah, number four in my heart. <laughs> number four. All right, is it behind Batman Returns? I don't know. I I I, I just taking a shot in the dark of where it would be, but fair. Um, no, I I I uh, I I like I like the action sequence of of um. No, do you put the board in the aircraft again? Yeah. Are they, then, is is pretty sweet, yeah. Pretty and, awesome. and now it's kind of correct me if I'm wrong. So he, the only, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Um, the the Native American uh bad guy, he gets dispatched, <laughs> and then it's basically Who, down. Do you want? Do you know his name? Michael Horse. I do know his name, and he was also uh 
Uh, well, in the, in, oh, in the care in the, the movie, movie I, I, mean. I have no idea what his name is in the movie. Oh no, it's forget or forgot. Right? Oh, damn it! <laughs> yeah, I looked I it up. Say, Did you forget it? <laughs> Did I forget that I forgot? Forgot's name? Um, yeah. I well, I, I was looking at his IMDb, and he was the Native American character in um uh oh god, what is it um. Twin Peaks. The, uh, Twin Peaks. Thank you. Yeah, Twin Peaks. Okay. I was going to say David Lynch. Um, <laughs> he's a, the Native American character in David Lynch. He's inside of David Lynch's different, different different movie. Um, so Ooh, he uh, was he was also a voice in Torak. Torak video like, game, the Nintendo sixty four game. Yeah, hell yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> that which was also a comic book before it was a a, a video game. Which maybe I can, can you download that on Nintendo Switch? Because, ooh, good question. I, I would like to go kill some Velociraptors <laughs> with a grenade launcher or a bow and arrow. Which ooh, that, he, he was on. He was on two episodes of Walker Texas Ranger. Ooh, <laughs> bring it all back. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 yeah. So he gets dispatched, and the, I don't remember how he gets dispatched though, but. Cutter takes him out, and then he does kind of a weird soft punch to yeah. Elizabeth Hurley. Kind of like, all right, I can't kill a woman. Yeah, uh, that So I have to give her, like, like, a weird punch. Yeah. But she murders two FBI agents. Like, I think yeah, no, she fine. has it coming. Throw her ass off the plane. Her. Like, yeah, throw yeah. her off the plane. You're yeah. good. Don't it's worry about like, that. Yeah. And then, and then it's a showdown between uh, uh, Charles Rain and, and John Cutter, which... Both feel like they're they're 1992 professional wrestling uh, uh, <laughs> uh, stage names <laughs> at this point, which is a good fight. It is a good fight. I enjoyed uh, Snipes is climbing across seats. Yep, and like still like kicking over them and like kicking the rain, and then rain gets like the oxygen thing from the ceiling is like choking Cutter. Um, and they they use the environment. And both guys, and I guess they really wanted to use stuntmen, and both actors refused to use stuntmen. The director backed them, uh, and so it's like both, it's just both of them in the fight. Uh, and I, I feel you, like you can feel that the way it's shot, and, yeah. and like it helps. And and they're both like really going for it and up for it, and it's yeah, it's it, especially when we talk about like under siege. Um, of like two old men slept fighting. <laughs> I mean, this feels like two guys in their prime, like going after each other. It does. I, I, I like the final fight. The only thing that doesn't kind of work is um, there's a lot of that fight that takes place next to an open vacuum yeah. uh, out yeah. into just, uh, yeah. uh, space because they're, they're flying. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Like, I, I, I still think it's a fun fight. And All right, I, so what I, did what did Goldfinger teach us? Uh, that a 350 pound man can be sucked through the hole of a bullet in a glass window. So exactly. <laughs> so this this definitely so, all feels they plausible. Had, they had to deal with that. Um, all makes sense now. Uh, but I do. I like the fight. Um, I do. I did laugh that when you look at the the last couple of kicks that that Cutter puts on to Rain to to get him off the plane. I think he kicks him in the nuts twice. And then he kicks him in the face, and I'm like, God, it's fucking well, brutal. It's awful. So I was, it seemed like one time he kicked him in the nuts, though, he, it didn't do anything. No. Well, hey, we've already established he can't feel pain. 
Oh, you're right. He uh, is the must, be, he, that he, must be the payoff. He, he is the Gustav Graves. Of Which this, is why uh, he has to kick him out of the plane. Is it Gustav Graves? No, who's the guy from uh, World is Not Enough? Renard. He's the Renard. Yes. yes. <laughs> so wait, so we're talking another thing. Um, the Bond, Bond movie ripped, ripped off. off yeah. A few years later. Bad guys oh, that man. can feel no pain. Basically, there's no Bond movies without... No 90s Bond movies without uh, Passenger 57. I have to give a shout out to uh, Taylor BMW and, and Augusta for <laughs> that was the that was the first Bond movie I ever saw in theaters was The World Is Not Enough. And I remember my uncle took me and my oldest cousin to go see it. And uh, really in theater, you didn't see Goldeneye or Tomorrow Never Dies. Nope. Nope. Wow. Not in theaters. So it was World, The World Is Not Enough. And um, Taylor BMW was sponsoring it and they were. They had a bunch. It was, what is the Evans Theater that we went to go see Star Wars in? I can't remember what it's called. It's on. It's all the way out on Washington Road. Not just like, oh, oh, but, man, you you you're dating yourself of when you lived in Augusta because that's I'm, that's no longer all the way out on Washington Road. That's like the middle of Washington Road now. But uh, right, okay, it's where you now. It's, it's like it's where you like said, Evans Twelve. I think it was like Evans Eight before. Yeah, it, or like, it's, yeah. it's that theater. So they were doing the um. <laughs> they were doing the uh the movie there as a premiere for only people who owned bmws and that was how fucking obnoxious it was. <laughs> wow so i remember my uncle i went to my aunt and uncle's house my uncle is drinking like a mick ultra puts it in the cup holder of his, of his bmw and then drives me and my and my cousin to go see it and then we watched Impressive. it and i remember the, the ending scene is uh, Pierce Brosnan making a Christmas Jones joke yeah. about Christmas, Christmas only coming twice or once a year. And I remember I got it, my uncle got it, and my like 10 year old cousin did not get that joke. <laughs> it's like, oh, reasonable. It's like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> so I got to ask him about my cousin about that, actually. Now that <laughs> is that the one who's getting married? It's the one who's getting married. So I was like, nice. I got I to I I bring it up at his wedding. And talk about the time that his dad, his dad, uh, maybe intoxicated drove us to a movie. <laughs> it was inappropriate. <laughs> so great, um, good family memories. Also, also the movie theater that we get interviewed outside of by the news after Columbine. I know. What was it? We went to go see Star Wars, and they're like, "Hey, you it want to talk about Star Columbine?" <laughs> Not really. Um, that and was again, weird. our friend Jay was on the news. He was on the news. Columbine and how easy it would be for him to get a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. That's not H. Well, um, <laughs> I would I would love to find that footage. <laughs> it's also the uh, the theater where you talked about the underwater bear. You thought that a it is you thought that Lake Placid was this, a movie about the underwater bears. And <laughs> in, in years later, how did this get made? Vindicated me. <laughs> they did. You're right. They 100 did. They 100 yes. did. So. Um, so yeah, so John Cutter kicks, uh, kicks a British guy in the nuts and he kicks him out of an airplane <laughs> and there's a weird, terrible cut and he just falls and falls and falls to the earth. And then the plane lands and there's a typical, uh, 90s action movie ending where they yeah. don't know how to end it and they don't know how to wrap the, it's the whole thing up. And it, it's like it's happened like five times in the movies that we've covered in just this run of just how do we end this movie where a guy has beat the shit out of all these terrorists and 
he wants to ride off into the sunset. I I, I will say, and I, I, <laughs> I sent this to you. I know we're doing Die Hard on a blank for the podcast. Die Hard really does do a fantastic job of, of, of wrapping that kind of movie up with McLean and his wife making up and then they t- they get in the limo with Argyle and they ride off into the sunset. <laughs> well, because you know what the important thing is you had there? His wife. Yeah. They know each other. There yes. is a relationship. And so that she is like, you know what? I'm like, he came through for me, but this meant something like we've been through through a lot like he was there for me at there's this redemption time. there's redemption yeah he like fought through like wow i feel like the love he must have for me that like he fought these terrorists and were like coming for me and in this movie they these people know zero about each other and it's like they're going on their first fucking date <laughs> like the end of this movie yeah. is their first date <laughs> And the premise going into this whole event was they hated each other because they met in yes. training. And, and so um, there's so, a huge oh, disagreement. But why, so to lead into, I don't know when we're doing it, if it be next or when, but why I'm excited to do Speed because Speed calls that shit out a little bit. Does it? Oh, we'll have to talk about it when we do it. Oh! It has oh. the same ending, but they like reference like how ridiculous it is. They they do. Oh, the the the... They're gonna have to base the relationship on sex uh, yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've heard like relationship based on extreme situations never work out. And, like it's like okay, like and I was like okay, you appreciate the acknowledgement that yeah, this is probably not going anywhere. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. I was looking up speed on on just watch, <laughs> and then I started thinking about Sandra Bullock, and I got really distracted. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, yep. Totally lost the plot on this now. All right, great. Thanks, thanks, Sandra Bullock. Um, no, uh, pretty much at the end. What do you, What do you think is who has the better chance of of a successful relationship coming off of a airplane hijacking? Uh, David Grant taking Halle Berry to a hockey game, or um, what seems to be uh, John Cutter taking a date into a racist small town in the middle of Louisiana. <laughs> Who do you think has the better chance? I'm going to go with John Cutter. <laughs> John Cutter. Here, okay. Here's why. Hockey One, sucks. They're going to they're gonna go. They're both people of color and they're going to go to this fair. And it's so that's immediately going to bond them because they're like, wow, this is really fucked up. So like, no matter what our differences are, we can agree. Like we're immediately on the same side. Now we got to like, watch out for these like crazy fucking rednecks here also they work in the same industry so you know a shared knowledge of things they have like some common things to talk about naturally um so i think they have a better launching off point whereas um the kurt russell holly berry like kurt russell's really just throwing it out there (laughs) looking for just about anything and Holly Berry is just responding to the situation. Yeah, he feels a little desperate, but I, I, I feel you. I feel she gives him a second date and then doesn't return the calls. Nor should she. David Grant seems like a dork, and I will tell you now. And John Cutter is a smooth motherfucker. The correct he's answer. Get, he's getting. They're definitely sleeping together. At some the correct. The correct answer on all of this is Darren McCord in Sudden Death. <laughs> You think he? You think he's getting back together with the wife? He's getting back together with the wife. The stepdad's out of the question. Back together with Icy. 
Yeah, I see. Well, I see's dead, but you know, I see, I see too. I'll take whatever I see it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's no way he's getting back together with the wife. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, I, I believe, I would believe sudden death is a prequel to Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> And Darren McCord becomes whatever the guy's name. It's like in Highlander. Um, before it's it's, uh, it's, it's McLeod, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Before so he, uh, before I believe <laughs> get he gets together with the wife. I uh, that's true. We did talk a lot about Icy and Darren McCord having sex in the in the sudden death um, as, as we and, 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 and the pitfalls of divorce if you're the if you're a fire marshal I remember that <laughs> <laughs> uh, um no I I did laugh at the ending of this because it, it does feel like they just don't know how to end the movie and they're like great what are we going to talk about uh or what yeah. are they going to do they're well, going to have some, some jokes with the racist sheriff and then they're just going to walk off into the fireworks that's why this feels so much of a it's just like we're making like a diehard-esque movie so it's like so we're just gonna we need an ending so it's just gonna end like diehard does he's like uh, with yeah. this woman <laughs> and it's like but you didn't fully like build to that and like they, i mean yeah they do a bit because they established pretty early on that like but i disagree yeah. i don't i don't think they, they don't don't it at all. have a no. relationship well they no. go off no it may, they go off together and be like all right let's give it a shot like but, but yeah, they're, it's not. They're gonna hook it's up. It's not Die Hard, where it's a deep personal like meaning to the character. Like, if they go off and it's like a bad date, like like bad date, no harm, no no harm, no foul. Well played. <laughs> well played. We're gonna throw Sal in here. We're gonna throw Sal in here just to for good measure. Um, <laughs> I, I want to hear you sing uh, the like was the like the H. I am the man of uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I, I don't know the words. I, I'm gonna screw it up. John Reese Davies is gonna would always destroy me in that. Um, well, I, I I get to get someone to come kiss you on the lips and then. <laughs> oh uh, well, hey, if it's Karen Allen, I'm 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 okay with it. Why not? <laughs> All right, I'll give her a call. So. Um, <laughs> Which is weird. I, I only know her from Animal House and yeah. Indiana Jones. <laughs> so uh, there's uh, there's something else I know her from. But anyway, um, we should uh, we should probably wrap this up because we are now we are officially past yeah. the uh, the length of the movie. I think. Um, uh, oh, we're well past. <laughs> we're well past it. Yeah. Um, I I really oh, enjoyed uh, Starman, the Carpenter movie. Karen oh well. yeah, I've never seen that. I've never. That's like one of the few it's good. I, I Carpenter like movies I've never seen. Yeah, I, and I, I bought. Um, I mean, I mean, she's in many other things, but that's that's a big one to me at least. <laughs> well, that was like a that was a big deal. It was her and what uh, oh, Jeff Jeff Bridges. Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's in Scrooge. She plays the uh, love interest in Scrooge. Which is uh but, yeah uh I uh, yeah. that's <laughs> fun, that's a pretty big one. Fun, fun aside, that movie gave me nightmares as a kid, uh, to the point that I remember waking up crying and going to my eh, mom. I could see that. It's, it's pretty. Uh, the the scene where he uh he encounters his old boss, who's a a, a goddamn zombie. Say, mom, my my face my face won't really look like Bill Murray's when I'm older, will it? <laughs> mom, he won't really own minor league baseball teams that I enjoy, right? Maybe. Maybe a little too mean. 
Um, no, it was the, his his boss that that hangs him through a yeah, window and drops it's him. Pretty, yeah. Uh, after he shoots him, it's, it's some scary. Like, if you're yeah. a little kid, it's some scary stuff. Carter watched it. I'm like, is this scary? And he goes, no. And I'm like, okay, because I cried to your grandmother when I was rich. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like the way special <laughs> effects have changed, well. it's a different ball game. Yeah, <laughs> it did, did, like... did, did not go well. But uh, but no, I, I I really enjoyed this. I think um. It's a lot of fun. I think Snipes is 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 a hundred percent the focus point of this movie. Wow, I fucked my hair up. I did that. Um, <laughs> uh, I look like a racer head when, when I did that. Um, it's not not good look. Um, but I I think Snipes is definitely the the highlight of this, and I think the movie was smart enough in 1992 to know that and, and put a lot of emphasis and build around him. Yeah. Um, Seagal counterpoint andrew davis when he did under <laughs> yeah. siege 2 they have a very good cast around seagal because he is not the strength of the movie and so i think it's interesting to kind of you know pretty close to each other talk about these two movies especially in almost the same year because uh was it oh, sorry was under siege 92 or was yes it same year. okay same yeah. year the, it, 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 it's 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 very clear why Seagal's career went the way it did. And it's very disappointing to see the way Snipes career went the way it did. Cause Snipes Snipes is clearly the, the better of the two. Oh, um, like not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> and I, I, I was actually thinking about today. Cause I knew we, we had to try and record this pretty quick. Cause we both are work stuff and, and vacation for spring break. Um, I'd almost be curious to see under siege with, snipes and, and i think yes that's, that's probably a really well, good movie. so in the trivia so I, and who knows what's true but like supposedly like seagal had to decide between this and under siege and picked under siege and i was like holy shit i would love to see if he had picked this and they just put snipes and under siege i think it'd be really that'd good be, I, that'd yeah, be I, incredible yeah i think yeah. it'd be really really yeah. really good and I, I it's kind of a shame that like that, that movie could have had... been like an all-time action movie if you have Snipes in that role. Like, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think I think that was what twenty million more on the budget. So I think if you put Snipes yeah. in it and you don't have to pay off the ego of Seagal, I think that would have been a probably even better movie. Um, it's weird. It's weird to think about like th- that. But I, I, yeah, I was thinking about today and like, man, I think Under Siege with Snipes at this time period would just have been fucking awesome. And yeah, it's I, kind of a, a yeah, shame. I agree. That would feel um, I feel cheated. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Wesley Snipes probably feels cheated. <laughs> so does the IRS. Uh well, I think they got paid back. I think when he went to jail for no, it, and, I think he got, he got paid uh, back. Yeah, and I've I've heard well, you know, I, I don't know, it's a cheap joke. But also uh to bring up our friend Jay again, he met Wesley Snipes at a bar one time. Really, really cool guy. Really cool guy, apparently. Yep. I think I think of all of the apparently we just need to have Jay on the, all these podcasts. We do because Jay lives in LA and Jay probably runs his. Uh, yeah. I know I know that uh, Jay told me one time he met Ryan Felipe at a party, and he like had not seen anything that Ryan Felipe had done other than The Way of the Gun because I told him to watch it, and so he said he spent like twenty minutes talking to Ryan Felipe about The Way of the Gun, and he's like, "Yeah, I think it was like an underappreciated movie." And I really, I really liked making it, and I think it's really good. So, um, apparently, uh, also, but Jay has that personality where he, I don't know, he can talk he's to anybody. Very, yeah, he's like super friendly, likable, like and smart, and like, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He can. He's so handsome. He's, it's easy for like he's someone, to, like, yeah, and not like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have to tell him to actually listen he's to this a, episode because he, he's a, he's good at cuddling. He's you know, I just yeah. He's such a good listener. Generous. <laughs> that uh, sweet, yeah. that beautiful beard. Oh yeah, just tickles you in the right way. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I I do. I would have loved to have seen a a Wesley Snipes take on Under Siege because I think that that would have been a better, probably a better launch vehicle for him than than this was. Even though I really enjoyed watching this again, and uh, like this is this to me is like a, a really fun yeah, movie. Yeah, that's. Um, so what what would you rank this? Because I know all right so. To my surprise, you gave Skyscraper <laughs> a four out of five. I did. I did. Um, Which I'm going mean, to... If we ever get to like a time where we're looking at our rankings like of movies in total, it's definitely going to like stand out for me probably as like, oh, wow, that's that's higher. But def- you know what? Definitely I, drunk when I wrote that one down. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I give this three and a half. Three and a half out of five uh, racist town fairs. I was gonna give this uh three and a half out of five um dead Douglases. <laughs> <laughs> I man, I I think like, it, it's that stuff that I just love in this movie of like it's like this random Douglas guy who gets killed. It's like damn Douglas. Let's be talking about like like an under siege or like this movie is at like that sweet spot of like budget and talent. Where like I don't know, you get those moments of a Douglas. <laughs> it's just good enough to get a lot of really good talent. It's not quite good enough to get enough good talent to really push this thing over the top. Well, yeah, they haven't did like, or like they're just saying, all right, here's the script. We've cut down the scenes we couldn't afford because this is the budget, and go. <laughs> like, uh yeah, yeah. I um. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, no, I just I, I enjoy it for that, and it's eighty minutes. So, like, yeah, it's and that shouldn't be a selling point for a movie necessarily, but it's also, man, it kind of is. It, though. it doesn't bog it doesn't bog you down with like a bunch of bullshit. It just yeah, goes, it just goes as an action movie, and so it's yeah, it's just this is a fun time. And Snipes is up to everything, and the villain is memorable and and crazy, and like so, yeah, you get a lot of good stuff. What do you think had the leaner body uh, BMI in this uh, in this time frame? Do you think it's the movie itself, or do you think it's Wesley Snipes? <laughs> uh, I I would say the movie Wesley say, Snipes. You think Snipes? Snipes? Yeah, I don't know those Confederate flags. I don't know. <laughs> I think. That's like a couple of days eating carbs, every Confederate flag. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm going to give it to, um, I'm going to give it to the movie for being super lean and, and to the point. And then besides that weird plane montage where it just is like jazzy music <laughs> and, uh, just, <laughs> just showing it is an extended glamour shots, like random like shots, of, shoot of the plane. <laughs> yeah. It's like engine, the wing, the flaps, the tarmac landing gears, airplane it's <laughs> my favorite that's my favorite i just laugh every time i see it so um all right so three and a half we both give it three and a half i think that's yeah, that's a that's a, a good blast. score for us i i Wait. think it's this is just a consistent like this is a solid good 90s action movie to me like it's just it delivers i always enjoy when i enjoy it when i watch it and it hasn't 
aged with that weird tinge of all the crap and baggage that Seagal brings to his movies. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus. I think I think I think that's important too. And it's uh, early enough in the, like the run of Hollywood doing diehard stuff with it's it's not bloated. They're still just they're trying to make out real a basic formula. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're still just doing the formula with a guy who seems like he could carry an action movie, and yeah, it, it's not it's not a yeah a tentpole massive like we're counting on this to carry the studio for the year movie like it's just a which is a shame i wonder how this would have done if it came out in the summer if it would if it would have done better or worse it had some steep yeah, competition I so i don't know um well so all right so did you pick this one or did i pick this one you uh, i picked under c so was, so wait what did we do last uh, skyscraper skyscraper you picked that one right and you exactly yeah, under siege i think so okay which means you picked this one which uh, means okay yes yes <laughs> by, that sounds right <laughs> by the laws of mathematics that means that you pick this one if we're doing every other one i blame um, jay <laughs> let's see so that means we have left um dread bunch- uh-oh none of that you just said came through it was all just garbled internet shit you got too excited and the internet fucked up and wait for it Uh, I get really excited I actually didn't say anything I got really excited waiting to hear about these movies so I think uh, we have left Dread Cliffhanger and Speed yes and that's I know I, I, I I'm, and uh, and um Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Part one or part two? Both. Excellent. I'm one podcast. <laughs> but it'll be like podcast. it'll be like yeah, it'll be like six hours long. Yeah. I'm just gonna talk about uh my limited knowledge of Ashley Judd being married to Helio Castro Nevis is uh, <laughs> <laughs> instead of talking about the movie. Um let's see. I I, I did see the first one in theater. Did you? Oh yeah, well I saw Double Jeopardy and I think that was a pretty good movie. So that's gonna be my preference. Yeah, I remember seeing. I remember seeing that too. <laughs> Which girl? Yeah, I'm assuming you had a girlfriend that made you go see that. Yes. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It's okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's solid movie. Yeah. I do laugh at all the movies I've made my wife go see. Um, in theaters, probably within the last like two years, is I've made her sit through the thing. Um, I made her sit through Swamp Thing 2 as a Rift Tracks movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, sit through is appropriate on that one. It's, a, it's a definitely yeah. a sit through. <laughs> yeah. And there was um there's one more. I've made her sit through some pretty shitty movies. Uh uh, but yeah. Um Lucky Woman. <laughs> she is a lucky woman. Um I I want to break it up. I want to do a little bit of, of, of old school and a little bit a little bit of new school. I'd like to do well, shit, because you're going to pick the next one. Hmm. Hey, I'm going to be excited whatever you pick out of those three. <laughs> I am too. Uh, speed. We're going to do Speed. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Which uh, uh, Keanu yeah. Reeves and uh, Sandra uh, Sandra Bullock, I would say, man. <laughs> I just be forgetting Sandra Bullock's last name. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just excited to talk about Sandra Bullock. Because you know what? I, I, had I a, might do that. I, had a I might do crush. that one with my kids. 
I think that's a good one to do with kids because it's not like uh, the violence is a little tough. F bombs. There's, but there's it's, some language, but, but for the most part, they're at a point where that's yeah, probably about right. But yeah, yeah no, I don't blame you. Like huge crush on Cinder Bullock. Yeah. That's oh, it, still do. Like, s- still just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing. No, I mean, trash woman. Less, less so now, I'd say. You know, she's listening to this, so don't, 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 <laughs> don't disrespect hey, her. I, yeah, I'm trying to play it cool, all right? Oh, okay. All right. Don't sorry. Fuck this up. <laughs> Can't come on too strong. No, so no. Now when, I, now, when I call her, she'll be like, oh, well, I know he doesn't have a crush on me. <laughs> You you def you you you've you've definitely got this teed up perfectly. <laughs> There's no flaws in this plan. I am um, none. Uh, no, I, I, I'm pretty I excited about it though. Good to go. <laughs> I this this to me was like yeah, no, um, I'm a, yeah one of the first real summer appropriate with a Gen Book Four coming out. Is that when is that out? Is that I thought that was out this summer. Is that out uh, like no this week? a couple weeks? Oh okay, all right. Because I I know Scream was coming out Friday. Yes, when, when we I record think, this because we're yeah. recording this on. March eighth, and uh, um, Scream six is coming yes. out or s- seven six six, six is coming six. out six six six. Hi, me, six. me and my family are looking for sex. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think John Wick's two weeks later, I believe. Okay, so in in March, so that'll be. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. So we 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 killed it. It's perfect. We're hitting time. the Ke- we're hitting the Keanu Reeves wave perfectly. So, um, I I really want to I want to run into him. I, I know he's been at car shows I've been at before, and I really want to like just run into him and just like let him let him know about the website Jay and I made. <laughs> yes, I will. I, all right, never so, uh, forget Keanu. <laughs> it's a ongoing website on blog on Blogspot. <laughs> ongoing. The last, the last post was ten years, years ago. <laughs> yeah. I I I will argue that that you and Jay had built a website that I think is part of the reason for the resurgence and internet. It was it Keanu was Reeves. kind of before the yeah. No, you guys beat the wave. I the it wave. Is truly, yeah, we were yeah. ahead of the time because it was Keanu. So was, everyone, was Coach the, Carter. Uh, it was Keanu as Coach Carter. It was Keanu as. Um, oh, every, everything, everything. I'm going to, man, I can't remember. There are almost too many to, to Ghost Dad. Me. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad was a good one. That was one of my favorites because I saw Ghost Dad in theaters when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to, if Sydney Poitier is directing, you got to go. Did Sydney Poitier direct Ghost oh, yeah. Dad? No, come on. Look it up. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. There's no. <laughs> Who I, I have met Sydney Portier. Have you? Did did not talk about Ghost Dad. <laughs> well, I will. You missed an opportunity, my friend. Oh, <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mister Portier. Can we talk about in the heat of the night? No, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> All right, can we talk about Ghost Dad? Sure, I'll talk about Ghost Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? All right, Ghost Dad, nineteen ninety. Okay, so we're doing speed next. Uh, we're doing that's, speed. That's pretty fucking exciting. Holy shit, City Poitier directed. <laughs> oh my god. Um, you're doing speed next. Uh, I'm excited. Um, that's that's truly, I think, one of the best movies we're gonna watch in this series. 
That'll leave us with dread yeah. and or and or Which, uh, cliffhangers. I, or, I'm or really finale. excited for speed because I've I've watched that not too recently, but like enough times recently enough where like it holds up. It's still very good and like. like I, I agree. Fun. I it's agree. Fun. It's got a good villain, yeah. uh, Hopper, and it's got a good supporting cast yeah. with like uh, Joe Morton and and Jeff Daniels is the supporting cast. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be good. So, all right, Pasture Fifty Seven, love it. Always been on black. Always been on black. <laughs> <laughs>